This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited because I have with me today's partner in crime, my friend Marissa Kayla from Misfit and Nerdy. Hi, Marissa. Hello. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you back on the show. So if you guys have been listening to the podcast forever, then you probably have heard Marissa on the show before. I don't know what number, but you could search it. Long time ago. Long time ago. (laughs) We were talking about this before, like three houses ago for me or three apartments (laughs) ago. Three years? Three and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we looked it up. It was November 2019. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like so crazy. But if you are not familiar with Marissa, you can find her everywhere at Miss Fit and Nerdy. Uh, but she is a holistic fitness coach, a certified personal trainer. She has been a uh, YouTuber. Is that like an okay term? I, yeah. I like content YouTuber, creator, YouTuber, content yeah. creator for a long it. time now. And yeah, last time we were like looking through what we talked about last time, reverse dieting, bodybuilding, Miss protein, all the fun stuff. All the fun fitness shenanigans, yeah. yes. <laughs> All the fun fitness shenanigans, and you've been doing a lot around reverse dieting recently, your program with that, right? Yeah, yeah. I just launched Reverse Dieting 101, which is super exciting. So I have been talking nonstop about reverse yeah. dieting still, even though I was doing that three years ago, apparently. <laughs> it's, it's much needed. I mean, I, I actually do want to circle back to that, but uh, you guys have to watch Marissa's YouTube channel. I watch it. It's the best. Thank you. So she knows what she's doing. So again, at Misfit and Nerdy Everywhere. I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, is officially available for purchase right now. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency, become truly magnetic, and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating, so only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful for all of your support during this launch, the way that this community has supported me it truly, truly means the world. And I really couldn't have done this without you. So thank you so much for that. And as an extra thank you for anybody who leaves a review for the book on Amazon, you can submit that at manifestationmasterybook.com and get a free bonus chapter that goes along with the book that no one else has access to. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on this book, Manifestation Mastery, and if you want that free bonus chapter, just head to manifestationmasterybook.com and you can find all of the information there. You can head straight to Amazon to find the book as well. When you get it, be sure to tag me on social media at Christina the channel so that I can see that you're reading it. I can see which parts you are loving and I can repost you and say thank you so much for supporting me with this book. And if it does resonate with you, tell everybody you know. Let's spread the love. Let's spread the high vibes all of the manifestation magic. That is my goal with this book. So again, all information you can find at manifestationmasterybook.com. And I can't wait for you to get your hands on this. So last time you were on the show, I didn't do my intro question. So we're going to oh, do them oh boy. now. Okay. Are you ready? Great. Are you nervous? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do great. Okay. So just getting to know you a little bit more, you okay. know, one, how do you like to start your day? Um, currently I just got a cat. 
um, like <laughs> a couple months ago. I start so. my day with my cat. <laughs> my favorite thing, because sometimes she doesn't snuggle with me in the morning. My yeah. favorite thing is to wake up and my cat is like snuggling next to my head. Oh, I'm so um, jealous. <laughs> that's like my favorite way to start today. But after that, um, after I drag myself out of bed, I currently love taking a little walk to the coffee shop and getting a little decaf mocha. Sometimes caffeinated if I really need it. But usually what coffee decaf. shop is it? Um, there's two that are within like a mile of my house. So mm-hmm. I kind of alternate depending on my mood. Mm-hmm. One is Saatchi LA and the other one is Manana. Highly recommend both of them. Love it. Um, I really like it because I love like just walking in the sunshine, getting fresh air. For a while, I was relatively addicted to caffeine. And so a lot of it was about just like getting caffeine. Yeah. But now it's... I have weaned myself off of the caffeine, but found that I still really liked the ritual of going for a walk in the morning and kind of just getting myself a nice little delicious beverage to start my day. Love that. And then you come back and then what's next? Do you go to the gym? Do you start working? Depends on the day. Mm -hmm. My days vary greatly depending on like if I have calls or if I have like YouTube video to film or whatever. It, yeah, it really changes day to day. Cool. Love it. So next question is, what is a product you're really into right now? So it could be like a food product, a supplement, a beverage, a skincare product, a book, anything physical that you're really enjoying. Oh, goodness. This is a very good question. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, the first thing that came into my head is I'm currently rereading the Harry Potter series. Of course. So yeah. <laughs> there is that. That's part of my nighttime routine is sitting down and... What book are you on? I'm on the seventh one. I started in January and I kind of I can't know. believe it's taken me... I know. You're like, I'm waiting until I finish Harry yeah. Potter to read your book. I'm like, <laughs> this is going to take forever. It, yeah. It, it's taken a little bit longer than it should have, mostly because there was a big chunk of time where I wasn't reading because I was launching my course and I was very busy and I was just like up until late hours and then just going to sleep. But I am almost done with the seventh book. So the plan is to read your book so, <laughs> as soon so as good. I finish. Um, okay. But yeah, that is what, it's not what gets me through the day, but it's <laughs> what I'm very excited about yeah. ending my night with right now. Okay, I love that. And FYI, everybody listening, our plan, we're podcasting and then we're getting burgers and then we're watching Harry Potter yes. tonight is like <laughs> what is what we're doing. So I'm totally not obsessed, I swear. Love that. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that. Also, so Marissa walked into my house and I was like, do you want something to drink? And she goes, do you have Organifi beer? (laughs) (laughs) I needed it because, okay, I was like a little bit sleepy on the way here and I didn't get a caffeinated mocha today. I got a decaf, which Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that was my mistake. But I was like, if we're going to podcast, I need a little something to get my brain functioning a little bit better. So, of course, Organifi Pure. Always. It's so good. It's the go-to. It's so tasty. I'm obsessed. So good. So we have that too. All right. Next. I actually don't know if you know this about yourself. Do you know any of your astrology information? Um, no. Do you, know your, you don't know your zodiac sign? I am a Capricorn. I know that. You seem, yeah, you're a Capricorn. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to look. You don't know any of it, do you? Um, it's fine. Beyond that, no. Do you know your birth information? Uh, what's an example of birth information? Like, do you- <laughs> I know my birth date. <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. Okay, so do you know your time and location? <laughs> I. Oh, wait, hang on. I'm pretty sure I. If not, we can call your mom later. No, I'm pretty sure I know. I'm pretty sure I was born at 7 11 p.m. Oh my God. Because it's 7 11 and that number yeah. sticks out. But I there's a 5% chance I'm remembering my brother's, not mine. I'm pretty sure that's mine. Okay. Yeah, I was born at 7 11. 
on January 11th at, I think, Scripps? Wait, 111? Yeah. Your birthday's 111? birthday's 111. How did I not know that? I don't know. <laughs> That's so, you know what's so crazy? That. Oh my God, you're so lucky. I met this guy yesterday whose birthday is on August 8th. He's like, yeah, I'm oh. born on Lionsgate portal. It's like one of the biggest Ooh. portals, like 111, 11, 11, 8, 8. And I was telling him, I'm like, you're so lucky. Like, <laughs> portal baby. I didn't realize you're a 111. Wow, I'm so jealous. Is, is January 11th a portal? Or is yeah. it just a cool number? Uh, both. Okay, cool. Both. That's exciting. Wow. Okay, we got to look up all your stuff yeah, later. Yeah, I want to, I would love to dive into that at some point. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll have to do that later. We'll get back to you guys. <laughs> good to know. I can't believe I didn't know that, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, okay, so good. Capricorn. Yes. And then I'm assuming you don't know. Do you know your Enneagram? Is that the one through nine? Yeah. I want to say I was a six, but I could be really wrong. I feel like you're a five. I could be a three or a four. You're, I feel like you're a three or a five. I'm not three a Three is one. the achiever. That sounds right. Five is the, I think it's called the cerebral. I don't I think I may that doesn't ring a bell. The achiever rings a bell. I took, I might I be took the, the test. There's a test you can take on You seem like right? a three. Okay. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like everybody I'm friends with is either three a seven like What's seven? a two a three or a seven um i don't think i'm a seven. and i'm an eight the challenger okay. tracks <laughs> the three is the achiever the seven is i think it's i don't know what it's called but it's i think it's the enthusiast okay god everybody I don't listening think you guys me. are gonna be like this is so bad oh, what are we talking about <laughs> i feel like i was really into enneagram for a while and i kind of less into it now because mm. i'm so obsessed with human design and astrology okay so we'll have to dive into it yes it's a big conversation okay Next up, what is a topic you're really into right now? Something you're thinking about, learning about, exploring that is not like you can't say reverse dieting. <laughs> so it could be something in the health and wellness world if you mm. want. It could be personal development. It could be something business related or it could be like a topic within Harry Potter. Like just what's, something, what's something you're pondering or thinking about? I am pondering, you know, wand lore from yeah. Harry Potter. No. Um. I mean, uh, that would be a valid answer. I could get into it. I mean, that would be pretty cool to uh, yeah. go into. But no, I think the first thing that came to my brain is um, psychedelics. Okay. Are just fascinating to me. Like I read, what's the book? How to, how to Change Your Brain, How to Change your mind by michael pollan and that was just really interesting and i am a big fan of dr molly maloof do you follow her yeah yeah she's amazing and like i know she's doing like she's starting some biomedical company that has something to do with psychedelics mm -hmm. and just like reading all the stuff that she talks about in that regard is fascinating to see what the potential is in that space and i'm like really excited to watch that space unfold in the next 10, 15, 20 years. I agree. So much untapped potential. Yeah. Hidden potential. Have you done psychedelics? Um, I have dabbled, okay. but not to an extent where I feel like I have any... Not that my experience is not valid, but I don't feel like I have much to... Um, you don't much to say? Share or yeah. explore. Yeah. I think for me, like... I have dabbled in the mushroom in lower quantities. Yeah. And it was enough for me to see the potential, mm -hmm. but not enough for me to be like, oh my God, this completely changed my life. Yeah. It's yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's really interesting just with applications with depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. yes. PTSD, like healing trauma. Yeah. Is so interesting. The I think, power to like rewire the brain. Yeah, totally. With that. And like, it almost feels like a cheat code <laughs> I mean, like what I've read. Yeah. I just feel like there are so many cheat codes. I mean, you know, this is how I feel about energy work. I'm mm -hmm. like, 
there are so many cheat codes that we just don't tap into because it's like that's too good to be true so we just don't do it slash all of the cheat codes have been like made illegal or taboo so that Mm -hmm. we don't go there yes you know that's how i feel about raw milk oh my god (laughs) don't get me started on raw i'm like (laughs) why is this so hard to access it's like the more I learned about all of the health benefits of raw milk and mm-hmm. how that was used in like the Mayo Clinic and, and to heal all people's bodies. And then it's like they made it illegal after that. So people couldn't heal. Yep. It's yep. and then the sun, like yeah, the people sun. being terrified of the sun. But it's uh. like it, it was used like medicinally yeah. by like actual hospitals, and, like not in like some weird other place, like legitimately in America, like in Western medicine, they use the sun to help patients heal. And now it's like, no, the sun is terrifying. It's going to kill you. Instead, let's slather carcinogens on your skin and don't go outside. Like, that's the answer. It's insane. Okay, I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that for you. We'll have to dive into that. Yes. I'd be curious to see more of your journey with that. I feel like you're at a really good space in your life to maybe explore more of that. I think so, too. I've been um, really considering – in the last couple weeks, I've actually wanted to start – microdosing consistently mm-hmm. uh, not like every day but like following a protocol and just to see kind of what happens because I'm definitely I am in a place in my life where things are shifting a lot um, and there's definitely going to be a lot of space for growth transformation things yeah. to change things to come in things to shift and I definitely feel like that could be helpful because like especially for someone like me who's very type a kind of in my head very much in like the logic part of my brain i think microdosing or using psychedelics in a somewhat therapeutic capacity um would help me kind of make that shift and get more kind of in touch with the other part of my brain that probably um could be taught to speak a little bit louder (laughs) and help me through other situations a little bit better yeah um so yeah i think i think it it could be really interesting and i think it's one of those really cool it's the like one of the bridges between what people think is the the spiritual and and science like Mm -hmm. to me everything spiritual is scientific like it's how i got into that realm and i think this just popped up in my head. I remember when I first started really getting into spirituality and people were like asking you, like, are you still friends with Christina? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, no, I've, I've exiled her. <laughs> she moved to Hogwarts and oh, so now yeah. she's out. She's out of the picture. Uh, and I think that's one of the things like for me, because like, you know how, how I am and how my brain thinks. Like mm-hmm. I had a very logical, rational path here. Like yes. it was like, through neuroscience yes. you know and like through quantum physics I'm like this makes sense to me this makes the most sense of anything mm-hmm. I've ever uncovered uh and I think that in health and fitness actually I've been thinking about this a lot just like the applications mm-hmm. of how we can heal the body and shift the body and like fat loss like all of that I'm yep. like how much easier could we make things and I think I've been thinking about a lot recently like How much I feel duped by the health and fitness industry. Oh, 100%. You know, and I think the deeper I've gotten into this and going through like the chronic illness route and like you have that experience too, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes I just feel like I wish I didn't know all of this stuff that I learned because like about food and like nutrition Uh. and fitness because a lot of the things that I found actually worked for me, like where I finally like healed and got to a good space is everything that I was told wasn't going to work. Yep. Or it was like just uncomplicating everything. Mm So I'm curious like how you feel about all of that, especially through, I don't know, because I feel like especially through with like topical steroid withdrawal and Mm -hmm. and all of that and the autoimmune, like you've seen all the sides of that and you know all the science and like the classic like uh, fitness space, like Mm -hmm. like bro fitness, 
But then also the power of the mind and how sometimes stuff that you don't think is going to work, like will work. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how you feel about all of that. I mean, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think, yeah, when it comes to uncomplicating things, that's definitely like in the fitness space specifically, everything is way too complicated. And it's an interesting, as someone who is giving fitness advice, it's an interesting line to walk because there is a lot of complexity to the human body and there are a lot of people that try to oversimplify things as well and that can also backfire so trying to figure out how to present information that is straightforward and simple but also all-encompassing is a challenge so I see why it has gotten so murky in the space but I mean, it really... I feel like... Well, this is what I love about you is I feel Mm -hmm. like you honor those nuances. Yeah. And it feels like an open conversation with you. Yes. Where it's like you'll you open up the topic and then you go into all of the different nuances over time and it's like this open... Like, hey, there's this side and then this side and this side and like you live the experiment. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about especially with like calories in versus calories out. Like my body has been a prime example of that in crazy fucking ways over time. As right? in and like, like it does not apply to yeah, you. Yeah, like does not apply. <laughs> you know, and I and I have I have a lot of friends in the fitness space and I'm watching them. They're like, look, fat loss is simple. It's calories in versus calories out. So if you're not losing weight, you're eating too many calories. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not like that though. Like yep. if you have severe hormonal problems or if you have – if you're not absorbing anything, like it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the dogma is where – people get really caught up and I've definitely made content about how calories in versus calories out is it's not wrong like the law of thermodynamics yeah. like it, it is calories in versus calories out it's just that the calories outside of the equation is so much more complex than people give it credit for and so the calories inside of the equation can affect the calories outside of the equation in so many different ways and like there's so many other things like hormone issues um, like cortisol environmental issues that can affect the calories outside of the equation. So it's not always as simple as eat less. Reverse dieting Mm -hmm. flies in the face of that. Like there's so many things that disprove that. So trying to sift through all of the information that's out there to find the truth is, it's really difficult when most people are out there to make a profit. And the way you profit in the fitness industry is to have the answers because it's cool to have answers. People will pay for answers. But the truth is we don't know a lot about how the body works. And so there are not a lot of actual concrete answers that are 100% fully true that we can just apply and have be like an actual truth that like will help people. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a balance between complexity and simplicity and tuning out all the people that are trying to profit from trying to boil it down. Yeah. Well, okay. Why do you think... Because I know what I think. Why do you think there are so many people who... I think most people listening to my podcast are probably very healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people in the health space who... Let's let's go to body. Like aren't at their ideal body weight or holding on to a lot of extra weight. And they're like, I'm doing everything right. I'm getting my steps in. I'm exercising. I'm eating healthy. Like why am I still holding on to this? Like I see that a lot. Like excess body fat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? There's a lot of... A lot to unpack there too. Yeah. Um, and a lot of different scenarios that I've seen that like of people in that situation. A lot of the times, if someone leaves a comment on my video and they're like, I feel like I'm doing everything right, blah, 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 nothing's happening. My first question is usually like, how much are you training? And they're like, I'm in the gym an hour a day, seven days a week. Like I'm doing all of the work. It's like, 
you're doing too much work. Mm. Like you are, yeah. you are overcomplicating it. You are trying to make like a linear progression of amount of effort put into progress. And like, that's not how the body works. Like the body needs to be in balance to find a healthy balance. You can't push your body into balance. You have to draw it into balance yeah. if that makes sense and so a lot yeah a lot of the times I see people overtraining or just they are like they think they're using the right information but it's just information from a source of yeah. someone that's not the most trustworthy when it comes to mm -hmm. giving health and fitness advice um, but also mindset absolutely um, plays a huge part and that kind of runs parallel with like relationship with food so oftentimes I'll see people with a skewed mindset around food and either they think it's the right thing to be restricting all the time, which is also not good for your body, not good for finding a healthy balance, um, or that will lead to binging and then they kind of go back and forth and they don't zoom out to see the bigger picture of what's really going on with their body. They feel like they're doing everything right because they're being super strict during the week and then either they like go out and just eat kind of whatever on the weekends and it turns into a quasi binge because they're eating extra or they actually develop binge eating disorder and end up binging. Um, but yeah, it's, it's usually about not having a balance. Yeah. Well, cause it's like the stress of all of it. Mm -hmm. And I think also it messes with people's heads because what people will do is, or I see this a lot, like they'll start off on a health and fitness journey and like really clean up their diet and, start working out a lot and they might lose a lot of weight or like, like see progress, like they build yeah. a muscle. And then because it's just like newbie gains or it's working at mm -hmm. the beginning because you shock the body, but then over time it puts your body very out of balance. But because it worked for that period yes. at the beginning, you think, Oh, that's what works. Yep. And over time you just are overdoing it mm -hmm. and it's causing so much stress on the body. Yeah. People will go all out in the gym, cut their calories, see progress, and then be like, wow, this is the solution. Like this must be easier because it worked. But in reality, like that is the formula to lose weight and then regain weight. People don't look at the other side of that. And so every time like they'll lose weight, regain weight, and then do it over and over and over and over again. That's how you slow down your metabolism and get stuck with a slow metabolism. And then you're just stuck gaining weight unless you reverse diet and fix your metabolism. Um, so reverse dieting really is the answer to a lot of oh, issues with that. But yeah. People get caught up in, and like this is where we see this in pretty much all of the diet dogma, like people being super into keto, super into carnivore, super into veganism, super into whatever, is they do this one diet and it fixed their issues. Mm -hmm. And so they get stuck on this one idea being the answer for themselves or for everyone. That's where it gets even more dangerous is when they're trying to tell literally everyone like, you have to eat this way because it worked for me. Um, when in reality, we are all very different and are going to thrive on different diets. But also in reality, our bodies change over time. Yeah. And like what worked for you five years ago to heal this one health issue or help you lose weight may not be what your body needs now. Like you may need an entirely different approach. Like maybe you're a lot more stressed. And so you need to take a much more gentle approach with exercise and with nutrition. Maybe you've had two kids and now your hormones are different and you need to take a different approach with diet. Like what's going to work best for you is also going to shift over time. And people fail to realize that as well. Yeah, that reminds me. I just saw like it was a video of Sal from a recent episode and he was talking about he it was like a, I was like, that's so obvious. I don't know why I didn't think about it before. He was talking about after pregnancy. He's like, you quite literally have a different body. Yeah. So like you can't train the same. Yeah. And I was like, 
duh. Like, you know, I never <laughs> thought about it that way, but it, but it is so true. And I think, you know, people just want to like latch into the answer. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, I just want to figure it out once and then never have to shift it. So yes. I don't think about it, yeah. but it's like our bodies are always shifting and changing. That's yep. just how it goes. I think the other part of it that for me was just like, holy shit moment. If I feel, it's just my opinion, like just a lot of the fitness influencer culture Mm -hmm. like makes people think that they have to do so much more work than they need to like I am somebody that has so many different like programs and stuff like over the years like being into fitness and like I bought everybody's program and tried out all the different things and if you look at what people are putting out there other workouts people put on Instagram I just feel like a lot of them are a lot Mm -hmm. like just like a lot of over I feel like there's a like a lot of overtraining being promoted yes do you feel that way too because I think there's just a lot of misconception about how much really needs to get done yeah I don't know a single fitness influencer that I felt not that like I mean at this point I kind of don't really pay attention to many (laughs) influencers especially in the fitness space because it's well you're like I feel like you like just don't give a shit about Instagram you're like we're the same we're like (laughs) I I can't consume I just post when I want yes um but from what I do see there's not a single fitness influencer that I follow who trains like two or three days a week and only trains like half an hour to 45 minutes on those days like that just doesn't exist and I think it's a self-selection right like you don't become a fitness influencer because you don't care about exercise and you're doing the minimum because you know it's what's good for you and what's going to get you to your goals and like whatever like you become a fitness influencer because I mean, for the most part, because you love the gym, like you're excited to be there. You want to share your enthusiasm and passion with people. And so those are the people that we see is the people that are super into the gym and want to be there. And like for a lot of people, it is sustainable. Like if you love it and want to go to the gym for an hour a day, five days a week. And like if you're eating enough, you're sleeping enough, you're not super stressed, like that can be totally fine. And it's just we end up only seeing that because the other people are not becoming influencers but yeah in reality like most people really don't need to like for if you're training for health and which is what you should be doing if you have any sort of aesthetic goals you don't need to be doing much more than two to three days a week of resistance training it can be like 30 to 45 minutes like it doesn't have to be all in balls to the wall like going all out and the more gentle you are the more your body is going to respond gently with you and you're not gonna like lose a ton of fat and then gain it right back like that's your body when you lose a ton of weight and get it all back it's your body basically being like excuse me like no and then slapping you in the face for what you just did but if you are gentle with your body and treat your body like you love your body your body is going to treat you that way too and you will be able to lose the weight and you will settle into a new weight and you will find balance and everything will be okay yeah, there you go. Shocker. I remember the first time I I trained with Jessica, Sal's wife, mm. and it was like a, a while back, but I just remember the first time I trained with her and because I was visiting and she just took me through the workout and I was like, that's it? She's like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's it. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I was like, holy shit, what have I been yeah. doing? What have I been doing? But okay, I want to ask you this. I feel like this is going to be controversial, but I've been dying oh to bring this up on okay. the podcast and I'm going to like... Very curious what what you say because oh, no. you're very <laughs> rational. I'm scared. What <laughs> I want to talk about this concept of like women can't get bulky. Okay, can we I'm talk down. about yes, this? Yes, I'm down because I used to really my body has changed a lot like over the last seven eight years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, and a big part of that was because I like had gone on birth control. I feel like before I really went through puberty. Ooh. 
And so it basically just like kind of blocked my puberty. Mm-hmm. And I don't really, I didn't really, I swear to God, I didn't go through, pu- this is so weird, but I don't really think I went through puberty until I was like 24. Oh God. And <laughs> I mean, I straight up grew two inches What? after I came off birth control. And so I felt like my Jesus. body was just kind of paused. Yeah. And after I went off birth control, it was like, or I went off birth control and then I lost my period for four years. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally came back, it was like I was going through puberty mm-hmm. and I was like 24. And I literally grew two inches and I'm like, holy shit, my body. And I was just, everything was changing, right? Hormones turning on. It was insane. That's insane. And so my body has changed a lot. And I used to be somebody who would run around and be like, women can't get bulky. And I was so into strength training. And I'm like, honestly, I think my body was just like, I was just always going to have, at that point, I could have done anything. My body Mm -hmm. type was going to be what it was because I was like stuck in like (laughs) prepubescent, like whatever it was. (laughs) But then over the years, like I felt like I got really bulky. Mm. And I got inflamed. It was not the body type I wanted. And it wasn't until I stopped lifting weights that like it started evening out. And I know a lot of women that have had like the same experience. Like I I feel like there's been this kind of whole culture for a lot of people who are super into weights, realizing how inflamed it was making them or like that. And I think what was going like, this is my perspective of like having muscle, but then also having fat. Mm-hmm. on top of it yes right but then also i mean i noticed for example like my like shirts weren't like my back had gotten bigger mm-hmm. you know what i mean so my shirts weren't fitting the same and it was yeah. like i don't i didn't feel like myself yeah. anymore and so i'm wondering if like do you think that's true women can't get bulky like can we can we get into the nuances of this i would love to get into the nuances of this um i think first and foremost it depends on how you define bulky yeah i think there are people that would look at me and say that i i have had people call me bulky really uh, yes she's small yeah. so, <laughs> I, so think, funny. I think it really depends on yeah, like what it's a you perception see, yeah for sure. as that kind of body type um but let's just assume that you know you're thinking like crossfit build plus extra fat on top is kind of a bulkier mm-hmm. look um Within that, you mentioned inflammation. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an entirely different ballgame. Mm. Um, if someone came to me and they they said, Marissa, I am lifting weights. I want to look lean and toned and small, um, but I feel like I'm bulky and I'm inflamed. I would start with, okay, let's figure out the inflammation, um, not the let's figure out the bulky. Because if you're inflamed and you're storing extra water weight, that's definitely going to change how you look in probably not a positive way because extra water weight, unless it's stored in your muscles, is going to make you look like you are retaining extra water, which is less lean. So if, you know, lifting weights five days a week is too much for your body and is causing inflammation, I would just be like, okay, like, let's scale back to two days a week and see how your body responds. Like, let's find first the healthy balance of how much resistance training we want to do that like your body can cope with. Make sure you're sleeping well. Make sure you're managing your stress. Make sure you're eating enough, eating enough fat, eating enough protein, et cetera. Let's just assume you're doing everything else right. And we'd find the good balance of what your body likes and feels good when it comes to resistance training. From there, if you're like, okay, I'm still looking bulky, then we're going to look at your body fat percentage. And it tends to be like the bulkier look that I think most people would define as bulky tends to be a higher body fat percentage on top of a lot of muscle mass. Yeah, It's not usually the muscle itself that gives the bulky look. It's having muscle and excess fat or more fat than you would want. So from there, I'll say, okay, let's do a cut, shred Mm -hmm. some fat, then see how you like how you look. Mm -hmm. And 
most people would generally like having some amount of muscle and yeah. less body fat. And I think that would get most people to kind of where they want to be. Beyond that, I do think some women, when it comes to muscle shape and size, a lot of it is determined by genetics. So whether or not your muscle is like big and puffy versus the quote long lean muscle that Bar develops, which spoiler alert is Bar does not develop specifically long lean muscle. Um, but the the look of your muscle is dependent on genetics. It's dependent on the length of the muscle itself, which is like the origin of insertion relative to like the end of the muscle. And if the muscle's shorter, then as you build it, it's going to like get more round. Yeah. Whereas if you just have longer muscles, which again is a genetic structural thing, then it would take more effort to make those muscles look big. So that is very genetic based. And there's definitely going to be some women who are just going to have shorter muscles. And so as they develop them, they're going to look rounder, which may ultimately make them look bulky. Yeah. So which yes. is subjective, right? Yeah, very subjective. I, like I'm basing this off of like I think like somebody might have an idea of like what that means to them, right? Yeah. So it's subjective. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me. And then also though, like okay, what about like think about uh core abs? Yeah. Like if you're doing specific exercises, like your trunk can get wider. Yes. With like more muscle, like it can it can minimally. Yes. Minimally. Yeah. It's. It, People are terrified of doing oblique work and then they yeah. say they want the 11 lines on their abs. Yeah. And it's like those yeah. are literally developed obliques. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it's your your abs and your waistline are a large part due to genetics. Like one, once you're down to like a certain body fat percentage, mm -hmm. how that distributes across your body mm -hmm. is majorly genetics. Like I personally have a very long torso. Mm -hmm. And so I am overall 21% body fat. But when I got my DEXA scan, my core was like, I think like 18% body fat. Mm. So I can see abs at a much higher body fat percentage because I just have a long torso. And so the fat distributes like over a wider surface area. Mm -hmm. um, whereas other people, if you have a short torso and longer legs, it's going to be a lot harder to see abs. Um, and that also goes hand in hand with like waist circumference as well. Um, so it kind of depends on genetics. Like if you have a very short torso and, you know, you are worried about it looking wider than, yeah, maybe like don't do a ton of oblique work, but like it's hard enough to build muscle as it is. Mm -hmm. And if you avoid all oblique work because you're scared of your waist growing, then you're never going to get the definition in your obliques yeah. that like you're actually looking for. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of a trade-off. And then you can also create the illusion of a smaller waist by building your back and building your glutes. So you just make your waist proportionally smaller. Right. Because if if your waist is I don't even know what normal waist numbers are. Let's just say your waist is 25 inches and your hips are 30 inches. If you grow your glutes to I mean, this would be an insane amount of glute growth. But if you grow your glutes to 35 inches, yeah. now you have a 10 inch difference yeah. in your waist to your hips rather than a five inch difference. And so it's going to make your waist look smaller, even though your waist hasn't changed. So there are other ways to change the illusion of your waist size without having to avoid the ab work that is actually going to give you the definition that you want to see in your core. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think it also, it's like, it sounds like it's like, it's a body type thing, right? So like, yes. depending on what your body type is, what your body type is, like, like your genetics mm -hmm. and then whatever look you're trying to achieve yeah. would be different. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? In general, like most people 
Okay. Maybe this is an overall generalization. Um, I was going to say most people probably just need to lose some body fat to see abs. But if you are on the skinny fat side, that is the complete opposite. You need to stop trying to lose fat and just focus on building muscle. Yeah. And that's what's going to make you leaner. Because I get people coming to me that are like, they give me their height and weight. And I'm like, you're tiny. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I feel like I'm fat. Like, I don't see my abs, blah, blah. I'm like, put on 10 pounds of muscle. And I yeah. guarantee you're going to be stoked. Like that's if I could snap my fingers and put 10 pounds of muscle on your body, like you would love me forever. So <laughs> it's it's body fat percentage in yeah. that sense where if you're just small, you need to build muscle. If you have excess body fat, then you just need to lose body fat. Yeah. If you want to uh, manifest more money, more fulfilling relationships, better health, but despite doing your daily manifestation and visualization practices, it isn't coming to you easily. This is what you need to know. What I have learned through my own experience again and again, and through the experiences of all the people I've worked with is that the main reason why people have trouble calling in more of what they want is that they have underlying limiting beliefs that there is not enough or that they aren't actually worthy of receiving what it is that they want. Here's the thing. In order to be an energetic match for more, we need to get out of scarcity mindset and start embodying the energy of abundance. This allows you to effortlessly attract more abundance to you, whether you want money, relationships, health, any physical form of abundance. If you are wondering how to align with the energy of abundance and how to effortlessly attract different forms of abundance into your life, I have created a brand new course that teaches you the exact practices that I use and my clients use to align with abundance in all areas of our life, making manifestation effortless. This course, Abundance Accelerator, includes over nine hours of video lesson content, exclusive journal prompts and exercises to help you integrate the information, and a really powerful 30-minute energy healing activation to help you align your frequency with the energy of abundance. When you enroll, you get lifetime access to all of the course materials. You can start today and you get to do this all at your own pace. So your life could change literally in a week if you are ready. If you are ready to learn how to receive the endless support and abundance that is already available to you, then you can enroll in Abundance Accelerator today by going to bit.ly slash AXL course. Again, that's bit.ly slash A-X-L-C-O-U-R-S-E. I can't wait to hear what you manifest. Okay, so... Well, kind of revisiting the inflammation conversation. Yes. I want to talk about like, because I think a lot of people listening to this show are more in that, on that side of yeah. things can tend to, I and mean, not everybody, but especially with, you know, with health things or being more sensitive, like bodies more sensitive. And I know you very much had to kind of adjust your training through what you went through with like topical steroid mm-hmm. withdrawal and just, you know, different health issues over time. So I'm curious, like how you, like how did you adjust your training, or like what would you say for the person who has a more sensitive body? Like, do different rules yeah. apply? Um, I don't know if different rules apply, uh, but I just emphasize certain things even more strongly. Yeah. Um, for everyone, regardless of whether or not you have any sort of health issues, I recommend prioritizing health over aesthetic goals because if you chase your aesthetic goals you like without thinking about your health you're a lot more likely to dig yourself into a deeper hole when it comes to your health and then lose all of your aesthetic results at some point because your health just can't take it and your body's going to rebel so again loving your body it will love you back um 
but yeah, if, if someone has any sorts of health issues, like if I get a client that comes to me and they're like, I have this autoimmune issue and I want to lose body fat, I'll say like, okay, like let's focus on like your health, getting the autoimmunity in check or like whatever it may be. And usually in focusing on that, they end up losing body fat. If we're doing the right programming, they might build a little bit of muscle depending on like where their body's at. And the aesthetics start falling into line naturally. And then once we've kind of resolved health issues or gotten them at least to a healthier, more stable place, then we can focus on aesthetics. But if you focus on aesthetics first, it's all going to go out the window. Um, for me personally, when I went through topical steroid withdrawal, I was hella inflamed. Like it, yeah. <laughs> my feet were so swollen, I could not see my ankles. My mom was very concerned and I, wanted to You sent to, me like, pics, I remember. Yeah, it was, I had like elephant you're like, legs. You're like, like, my feet look like potatoes. <laughs> I, I had potato feet. Like yeah. there, there was nothing yeah. other than like my tiny little toe beans on the end and then like potatoes. Um, and it was kind of scary. And when I was at that point, like I completely stopped exercising because like exercise is a stressor on the body. And I think that's important for people to understand is usually it's a good stressor. But if you have too much stress going on in your body, it can just create extra bad stress and it's too much stress for your body to recover from. So it kind of like it depends on the person. But if you know, you have a lot of chronic inflammation, a lot of health issues going on, I would scale back the exercise as much as you're willing to or able to and really just focus on bringing your body into balance and then kind of getting back into exercise. Like at my worst, I, I mean, physically I could barely walk. So like it wasn't hard for me to quit exercising. Was it mentally hard though? To quit exercising? Yeah. Honestly, no. Okay. Um, I'm just, curious. I've always had like a really good relationship with exercise. I think I, I missed it. Like I was sad. Yeah. Like, I wished I could go to the gym because like it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have been probably as mentally hard as like, I don't know, giving up eating burgers. Like I, li- I like having a good burger, yeah. but like I'm hungry. <laughs> I know, same. <laughs> so I'm thinking about burgers. Um, <laughs> We're like plotting like, our burger after. <laughs> like I, it's, it's like giving up anything else that like I enjoy but could live without. And I knew that like I had to prioritize healing and that was my main goal. And like there's there was no point in worrying if I was going to gain 20 pounds when like I was in excruciating pain. Yeah. I would have traded gaining 20, 30, 40 pounds for healing from that. So it was the least of my concerns. But what I tried to do is just go on walks as frequently as I could just to like be moving so that I wasn't completely sedentary because like a little bit of movement in general for most people is going to help. Like just, you know, get your blood flowing, get the lymph flowing and help with healing. But if I hadn't been able to walk, I would have probably tried like stretching a little bit or something like just to get in some amount of movement. But beyond that, if your body is saying no, like listen to your body mm-hmm. or else you're just going to dig yourself deeper into whatever hole you're in. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, totally. Well, so last time we talked, last time we talked on the podcast, you were kind of in the middle of it. Yeah. And so now that you're on the other side, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, anybody listening, watch her YouTube videos about the process because you can see photos. And I think, you know, we've talked like just the number of people who don't believe it's a thing. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, I don't even know what to say <laughs> about it. But do you want to share a little bit 
maybe just like for anybody who doesn't know what topical mm-hmm. steroid withdrawal is and what that looked like for you and then being on the other side like looking back like what were the changes you made or things that helped you the most if anybody is uh, struggling with that or knows somebody who is yeah so a little bit of background I'll try to keep this short um, I had skin issues as a kid probably because I had undiagnosed celiac disease and was eating gluten so that probably freaked my skin out Doctor started giving me various topical things, eventually escalated to topical steroids. Didn't tell me that, you know, you should only use them for six weeks and then stop. So I used them nonstop for eight years. And the thing with topical steroids is it's a corticosteroid. It literally mimics cortisol in the body. So if you are using them constantly, you are just dosing yourself with extra cortisol. And eventually... My body grew a tolerance to the topical steroids. They stopped working. My skin completely flared. And I could tell that using the steroids was making it worse. Like my eyelids just felt paper thin and my skin just, it, it was not, it, it was not having the steroids. So I stopped using them and things proceeded to go downhill very quickly. Um, combination of lots of redness in the skin, um, very, very dry, flaky skin that was so dry that like, if I would move a finger, I would feel my skin crack because it just, it was just stretching and breaking everywhere. Super itchy, couldn't stop itching, would literally scratch all the way through my skin in an effort to stop and would just be bleeding all over the place. Um, Got super swollen to the point where it hurt to get out of bed because all the blood would rush to my legs when I would stand up and it felt like my legs were going to explode. Just generally, you know, not, not comfy. Just, yeah, no, I mean, it like, I feel like you've always had a good attitude about it. Like you laugh about it, but like it was gnarly. It was gnarly. I had never seen anything like that before. <laughs> yeah, Honestly. And I think fair. like, I mean, have you? Uh, no. no. Do you know what I mean? I th- it's yeah. like, and it spread, right? Yes. Like it was, this isn't just like one area of her body. Yeah. It was, it was basically all over. Yeah. And then the implications, like I just remember talking to you and like you couldn't sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the other thing. Major insomnia. Couldn't yeah. sleep because A, I was itching constantly. So I would just like wake up just scratching myself. Mm-hmm. But B, because of the cortisol issues, my cortisol was just all over the place. And so I literally just like couldn't sleep. Yeah. My, I mean, my heart broke. I mean, I think about I'm like, I get one bug bite and I can't function because <laughs> I'm fucking itchy. I definitely have like a little bit of PTSD from it because yeah. mosquitoes freak. I'm like, do not come near me because if I'm itchy, like it's yeah. not a good time. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you're just such a trooper through it. But like that was gnarly. Like yeah. I, I just, my heart goes out to you. Like I'm so glad you're healed now. I mean, just seeing you go through that, like that was, and, and I hate that you had to go through that. I think it's so amazing that you have this platform where you can share about it. So mm-hmm. people, there's more awareness spread because I know so many people deal with it and they're just dismissed yep. by doctors or they have no, they feel like they're never going to heal. The medical gaslighting that goes on. Like I've had so many people reach out to me just because they've seen my video on it and they're like, yeah, like I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me forever. Doctors told me that like there was nothing wrong or like they couldn't figure out what was wrong or that topical steroid withdrawal doesn't exist. Like, yeah, everyone denies that it's a thing, which is just so heartbreaking when you're going through it. Because I was, I think when I got my diagnosis, even though my experience with the doctor that diagnosed me wasn't great, it was so relieving to have an answer and to have something like a prognosis, like what I might expect. And just to kind of just have that thing to hold on to as opposed to being like, am I dying? I don't know. I'm just in a ton of pain all the time. Who knows what's going to happen to my body? So yeah, there was that. And then I just wanted to say working with you going through it was like probably the biggest game changer for me. Oh, I'm glad. Um, A, because like 
I was freaking out because I had no idea what was going on. And so kind of relinquishing that, I don't want to say ownership, but like letting someone else tell me what to do yeah, so that I could stop stressing about whether or not I was doing the right thing was incredibly helpful. It's a and lot then, to carry yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then all of like the mindset work that you kind of introduced me to was probably the biggest game changer. And like I... Did you tell me to read the Joe Dispenza book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself was huge for me. And it made me realize just the power of the placebo effect. And like I tried very hard to placebo effect myself (laughs) throughout Mm -hmm. the whole process. Like just telling myself that I'm getting better. Like even on days where I was progressively getting worse, I would tell myself that it was still one day closer to getting better. Yeah. So like staying mentally – because that – absolutely could have ended tragically if I had not been able to stay in a positive mindset. And I think I realized that up front and that is what made me commit so hard to the positive mindset because I knew that like I I had two options. One, just give in to the pain and just kind of sit there and be miserable and depressed and not in a good place. Um, Or I could choose to be positive about it. And there was no benefit in throwing myself a pity party and giving into that side of it. So I picked the other one. Retrospectively, I don't know how I did it. Um, And I think if I had to go through it again, I would be terrified to do so because I don't know if I could do that again. Yeah. I would hope that I could, but I did have a kind of small flare about a year ago and it wasn't like bad, but like my face just was very dry and crinkly and red and not. It was starting to go downhill a little bit Mm -hmm. and that was scary and I definitely was questioning whether or not I would be able to go through it again, but yeah, it's it was it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, how how long did it take for it to heal for you? Um, that's a very good question. So, I I think it I started going through withdrawal like March of 2019 is when I first started noticing like, okay, something's not right. I don't know if that's exactly when I stopped using steroids, but I think that was about when I started questioning them and then within a month or two, I think I had stopped. And then it wasn't until I think it was like June of 2020 yeah that sounds right um that I felt like I had almost fully healed like my skin was mm-hmm. back to normal totally fine like spotless amazing I had gained some weight coming out of the healing process and I think it was because of the cortisol imbalances just caused me to gain like kind of 10 pounds out of nowhere I didn't lose that until about a year later but I had also like just come off hormonal birth control so I wasn't actively trying to lose fat for a mm-hmm. bit so I don't know when my body really stabilized there but I I do still have minor skin issues at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've noticed that it's like when I have a big stressor, it triggers my skin to flare a little bit. It's never gotten to the point where like it's been concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even right now, like I don't really have fingerprints on my right hand because my skin is so bad. So I could just I could commit a crime with my right hand and get away with it because there wouldn't be fingerprints. Um, but I don't know if I can call myself 100% fully healed. Mm -hmm. But it took about a year to get to the point where I felt like I was healed enough to call myself healed. Yeah. If that makes sense. I this might be controversial, (laughs) but I would consider you to be and I think like it's the same thing with me like I consider myself to be fully healed but like things could put me into a flare Mm -hmm. and but my perspective on it now to be honest is like it's very spiritual of like 
there are mechanisms in my body that are telling me when I'm going too hard. Like it's a yeah. built in my body talking to me yes. like very obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like I'm being guided so obviously through my physical body. Yes. And I think in many ways that's like a gift. And so I could view it as like, oh, I still have sickness or I could view it as like, no, I'm healthy. But then like whenever I'm going too, too hard or too stressed or whatever, it's coming up. So my body's like, slow slow down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I view it now. Yeah. No, I definitely think like that was honestly where I managed to draw a lot of gratitude from while I was going through the process is it was my body saying like, yo, like you need to slow the heck down, yeah. please. Um, and it definitely, it forced me to slow down and develop a lot of healthier habits that I think are going to keep me healthy and alive a lot longer. Um, but yeah, even now, it's definitely like very specific things that trigger it or like acute things that trigger it. And it is my body telling me like something is wrong. Let's fix this. Um, it's just unfortunate because when my skin does flare, it takes like six weeks minimum to get back to normal. So even if I fix the thing, it still takes a while. But yeah, it's it's definitely much more acute and it is helpful in that sense. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you like what you felt like were any larger like spiritual personal lessons that you learned through that process like what did you feel like just as a person like mm-hmm. how did it shift you I think it definitely forced me to take a step back and kind of look at the bigger picture of everything Although, to be fair, I also went through a uh, breakup of a long-term relationship in the middle of going through topical steroid withdrawal. So the two things kind of happen simultaneously. So I went through a big journey all at once. Um, But what I walked away from that with was a better sense of, it's hard to articulate, better sense of myself within the world. Um, I think I, leading up to that, really had my blinders on when it came to success and career and everything. And I've always just been a very motivated person who has loved to throw myself into work. Um, And I think I got carried away charging down that path and being forced out of that made me kind of reconsider what was important and I definitely I still have those tendencies very strongly. Um, But I think I just have much better perspective on that. And I think it also shifted my perspective on health and fitness as a whole because um, for anyone who has watched my channel, you may know I started off as a very um, science, I don't want to say science-based because it is all science-based, but very scientific Mm study-based person. Like I wanted to read all the studies and like go into the science and I wanted the most quote scientific explanation of things to understand why I was doing things and in going through the healing process and understanding how big of an impact mindset can have on your body and have on healing how meditation can impact healing and everything that opened my mind a lot to a lot of other ideas and modalities and things which I think has been very impactful not just for my own journey but also for working with clients and I think that really helped me emphasize a even broader holistic approach with health and fitness totally I mean I feel like the person that's into health and fitness it's our personality type Mm -hmm. right it's like the type of person that's like type a overachiever like the person who's like naturally drawn there who like enjoys it is like that kind of person and it's so easy for us I think to get so microscopic with it Mm -hmm. 
And then you have like a moment where it's like, oh shit, there's there's a lot more to yeah. this. It's like, where am I so in the weeds with it that I'm like overcomplicating things mm-hmm. when actually it's like I need to zoom out and think about my emotions, my stress levels. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for you, like any like a flare is like directly connected to your emotions. Yes. Like I, I, have a, I have a couple environmental triggers as well. Okay, but yeah, 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 for the most part, it has been emotional stress or yeah. distress that has triggered it. Yeah. And that's like, I think it's one thing to talk about or hear about, you know, and it's another to experience mm-hmm. in your body. Like, I know for me, it's just the moments of actually experiencing like how powerful my emotional stress can be on my physical yes. body. And you're like, oh shit, like this is really happening. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times in in health and fitness, it's like we talk about stress and people don't take it seriously until they have to. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so I think that's really just like valuable. And I mean, you're still extremely, I feel scientifically study based, but yeah. it's fine. But yes, definitely. It's fine. But yeah, no, it definitely, it's, this has been a lesson that I've, learned even more powerfully in the last year but listening to my body and that that phrase is often used in the sense of like intuitive eating I mean more like stress wise listening to my body and if I am feeling any sort of disquiet learning how to lean into that and ask myself where it's coming from and I have more recently I don't know if I've fully learned this lesson yet um but trying to learn to honor it more and not question my body when my logic brain is telling me something else. Specifically talking in the context of a relationship that I just got out of, um, I felt the the physical disquiet throughout a majority of it, but I dismissed it through logic and rationalization. And I also simultaneously, my skin it was never 100% throughout the duration of that relationship. And now that it's over, my skin is healing. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I think, yeah, really forcing myself to honor those signals from my body is something that I am working on. And I think growing to appreciate more strongly. Totally. Well, as you know, I've been there as well yeah. <laughs> with like relationships. And, and like, it's crazy to me. My body really screams like mm-hmm. in it's been in past romantic relationships and friendships mm. in my career too like my body will very much flare up if it's not not resonant yeah. you know um and so we've got to listen to our bodies with yes the relationships and it's crazy to me i i hear this story all the time i've talked to so many people about it and, and seen it with friends and like people will go through a breakup and just lose a ton of weight mm-hmm. and it's like that was just yeah. all stress that you didn't you didn't realize yeah Ro- you know? romantic relationships and friendships even mm-hmm. like family relationships can cause like you are you're holding the weight of the toxicity in your body when you're keeping that person in your life or at least not setting the boundaries that you need to set and absolutely when you can let go of that your body can let go of the stress and eventually the fat like it's absolutely a thing any big relationship lessons you learned through this that you that you've been thinking about or want to share the biggest thing is to trust my body more or at Your the very least listen to my yeah. body more. Yeah. Because um, it was definitely just as a as a overall background, it was a toxic relationship that lasted for about a year and a half that involved quite a bit of gaslighting and manipulation um, that I wasn't really like I I think I was aware of it in my brain, but I didn't 
understand the full impact of it until closer to the end. And that's what helped me get myself out of that situation. Um, But my even though like my brain, it was in my brain to some extent, but it was very much in my body. Um, And I felt that anxiety and disquiet kind of the whole time. Um, And I think I just didn't trust myself. I've only been in one other like long term significant relationship. And so I think I just didn't have a lot of reference points and wasn't confident in my ability to judge those situations or maybe I was just manipulated like crazy and I just didn't know um but yeah I think trusting myself and being more okay with putting myself first um and knowing when it's at a point where I am having to compromise more of myself and my values than I am willing to yeah I totally get that. I mean, I think a lot of us have been through, like, I've had to go through similar experiences, like, to figure it out. That was the only way I was Mm going to figure it out. And, like, on the other side, I realized, whoa, I did not listen to myself. I let somebody else make me feel like I couldn't trust myself. Yeah. You know, I've had that dynamic in many different relationships. And it was only through that that I realized, whoa, like, why was I trusting somebody else Mm -hmm. over me? And I think there's just a combination of of factors that that go into it. But it's, like, through that that you listen. Like, there you learn, even when it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. to my logical brain. Because I think that's what, like, I know I can do that. Or I talk myself out of it. I'm like, this person... Like, am I being crazy or like yep. this person is doing everything right? Why Why am I feeling this is off? And then I talk myself out of it or I talk myself mm-hmm. into that I'm wrong. And it was like my body knew, my intuition knew before my brain could ever understand. And that should be enough. Yeah. So just learning to, to trust that for sure. Yeah. I think as a very logic oriented person it's very easy for me to rationalize things yeah um and as logical as i am i'm also very empathetic and like i could zoom out and see kind of where all of the behaviors were coming from and that made it even easier to rationalize Mm -hmm. everything which ultimately ended up not being a good thing um but i i'm still processing everything because it's only been a couple weeks um just started therapy that's great Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's at the very least, at this point, it's going to be a very good learning and growing experience. And I think I'm ultimately going to come out of this. I already feel like I'm more confident mm-hmm. somehow. Totally. But I think in processing through it and kind of understanding my, not like my faults in the situation, but like what led me into being in that um is just going to give me more confidence moving forward to like know i can make better decisions for myself totally i mean healing comes in many forms (laughs) you know and it's like all of our relationships just mirror things back that Mm -hmm. bring us closer to ourselves you know and i think like for me every heartbreak whether it's been in a friendship a romantic relationship like whatever context has you know it hurt so bad and then on the other side of that healing with myself like that is really how I've built my confidence and my trust again and I'm yeah. like I like going through that is what made me see like don't betray yourself anymore mm-hmm. don't question yourself anymore and you know it taught me even though it hurt yeah so pain is a good thing I mean not always but like <laughs> no pain no gains no pain no gains <laughs> oh God, no brains no gains <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 
<laughs> I still have. I have uh, one of your shirts. Brains and Gates. Yeah. Oh, I get this. Like the black, uh, the black long sleeve. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not available anymore. Oh, sorry. I need to, no. <laughs> sorry. It's super cozy. I need to redo all of my merch. It just like they the people that did it like shut down. So now oh, I really? have no merch. Yeah. Still oh. on my website, I think. So oh. I should probably take that off. Um. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah. So like, what are you... Uh, what are you working on next? What's happening? Um, I am trying to dive more into Holistic Fitness Labs, my new fitness business. And, and tell them about it. Okay. Um, so it is a course-based, for now, course-based holistic fitness company on a mission to kind of make fitness feel good again because so many people associate fitness with like pain and suffering in the gym and eating diet food and just generally feeling miserable and not having energy and like all of these bad things and like if fitness is not contributing positively to your life you're doing it wrong and I don't think that gets emphasized enough like fitness should feel good and so that's kind of the overall mission is to like help people get to a place where fitness can be a part of their lifestyles in a way that feels good for them and is motivating rather than demotivating. Um, so we just launched Reverse Dieting 101, which is a course about reverse dieting, which is a process that helps you speed up your metabolism by gradually eating more over time while maintaining weight. And this is usually like I wanted to start with this course because when most of my clients come to me, they need to reverse diet because they've been trying over and over for years to diet, which has just, I mean, we talked about this a little bit ago. Um, when you continually diet, you slow down your metabolism every time. And if you keep doing it over and over, you just end up with a very slow metabolism. Like you're maintaining weight on 1200 calories. You can't lose weight if you're maintaining weight on 1200 calories. Like it's just, it's not going to work. It's not going to be sustainable. You're not going to be able to keep the weight off. Also sucks. And let me yeah. tell you, let me tell you, I've eaten a lot of food, Marissa. <laughs> she can eat. She can eat. I think it's important, like, to be honest, because I know a lot of people in the fitness space and a lot of them, I'm like, I see them live life Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you're barely eating food. Like, it's like, I feel like the way you live is extremely sustainable. Yeah. Like, I'm just so... Thank I you. just want to like validate that because like I've hung we've hung out enough. I've eaten with you. I've like been around you. Like the way you live is extremely sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of people who I don't feel that way in the yeah. fitness space when I actually see how they're living. Like and then there are people who are and you're one of them for sure where it's like very realistic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's my goal for like all of my clients is yeah. to get them to the place where fitness feels good. <laughs> Not to hammer in that point, but like it's important. Like I want my clients to feel good about their fitness journey, about what they're eating they should get to a place where they have their ideal physique and basically be able to eat whatever they want. And I say that to a lot of people and they freak out. They're like, if I ate whatever I want, I would just eat cake all day, every day, and I would be a million pounds. It's like, if you actually find the balance, if you put in the work to metabolically like get yourself to a healthy place, but also get yourself to having a healthy relationship with food, you're not going to want to eat cake all day. Yeah, like, I totally. 100% guarantee it. I will say I have that history of like, I used to binge eat. I used to like mm-hmm. really struggle. I, I felt that way. And I was so restrictive with a lot of stuff that then whenever I would, I would like binge on it. And mm-hmm. I felt that way. I was like, if I just let myself have it, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna binge now. Yep. Like, so I've been there and I can just attest to being in a space now where I'd like, for years, I never thought I would be able to like be in control around certain foods. And I'm like, I can just like eat one cookie mm-hmm. and I'm good. Yeah. I can have like just one serving or it's like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you don't feel like it controls you anymore. Yes. It's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, 
it's it's scary to think about when you haven't experienced it and it seems impossible when you haven't experienced it but there absolutely is light at the end of the tunnel and you can get to a balanced place where like you can eat basically whatever you want you're just not gonna want to eat cake all day every day totally like that craving goes away and that drive goes away as soon not as soon as but like when you accept that you could do that if you actually wanted to like when you stop restricting basically and to be honest like for me at least it was like you know when that went away was when I was nourished Mm -hmm. like when I was eating enough and I was like actually satisfied and other stuff at that point then it's like okay I could have like one slice of cake Mm -hmm. like and I'm Mm chilling and I don't I genuinely don't want more and I think for so long it was like I wasn't eating and I wasn't nourished enough. I wasn't eating enough or I would be like, oh, well, I know I'm going to have the dessert later. So I'm not I'm going to eat less here. But then I was hungry going into the dessert. Yes. And I'm like, that was a horrible. That was horrible. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, my life changed when I was like, just like fill up on all the healthy foods and then I can have whatever I want. And then I'm like normal around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have I have a client that she came to me trying to eat 1400 calories a day. Um, She's like relatively average height, weight, activity level, 1400 calories a day. She wanted to lose like 10 pounds and we reverse dieted her up to 3000 calories a day yeah Epic. so yeah and that's she kind been, of a lot to keep up with I, I don't know how she does yeah. it like that's a lot of food that's like I, food. I couldn't eat that much yeah. um but like she came to me binge eating also because yeah. she was trying to eat 1400 calories a day clearly not sustainable and so every couple weeks she would end up going on these binges and i was like okay like we're just gonna get your maintenance calories to the average of what you're currently eating mm-hmm. like including the binges and the restriction we're just going to find the balance and put you there. So now she's just maintaining weight mm-hmm. on 3,000 calories a day. And she, if she wanted to eat cheesecake all day, she could because 3,000 calories is a lot of calories. It's a lot of like, food. If you can get your metabolism to be at the point where you could eat cake all day, then you can eat cake all day. Yeah. And suddenly, because it is a viable option, it's much less tempting. And so you can find that balance when you are balanced metabolically and in your relationship with food. I also just feel like even if, if a lot of people who maybe don't identify with like overtraining, undereating, or mm-hmm. have that relationship, like I feel that so many people in the like paleo space mm-hmm. really need to reverse diet because mm-hmm. you accidentally like really drop your calories. Yes. Very you know? easy to undereat like, with like quote healthy diets. Yeah. Or like people who go through like healing diets. Like I think this is something that like different practitioners don't recognize because mm-hmm. it just focus on like healing the body. But in the process, where are the calories like yep. lowered so much? And it's something that a lot of people like I know a lot of people who, you know, their metabolism has really gotten messed up and it wasn't because they were like working out super hard or mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, I went on this healing journey. I did what my naturopath suggested. Yeah. And then I ended up in this place where like this is what I eat. And you look at the calories because it's all it's whole like foods. A calories. Yeah, it's like a thousand calories yeah. a day. Like um and I think a lot of people unintentionally do mm-hmm. that. And I know I was for sure in that boat for a while. So I think that's another application as well that many people don't think about. Yeah. And that's even an interesting balance in itself is like sometimes you do have to do something like that in order to heal your body. And circling back to what I said earlier, just because it worked for you then doesn't mean that's the solution long term. Like eating a thousand calories a day of like specific healthy foods to heal your gut or whatever might be the short term solution to get yourself to a place where you can slowly reintroduce food, slowly eat more and get to the ultimate healthy place. Yeah. And like if you were to continually eat a thousand calories a day, like good luck to your hormones, like (laughs) good luck maintaining a menstrual cycle, like those healing diets can be 
healing to get you to the next step. And then you need to keep taking steps yeah. rather than just stay at the first thing that worked and then tank your metabolism and <laughs> end up yeah. in a not great place because of it. Totally. And to me, I'm like zooming out. What all of this is, is like relieving stress in our lives. Like what if you mm-hmm. didn't have to worry about any of that? Yeah. Like, you know, like what if you weren't like worried about eating food or like mm-hmm. what's going to happen? It's like you're just living your life, right? Mm-hmm. The same thing with fitness. Like if you're stressed about going into your workout or stressed about, am I doing this? Like there's so much stress around yes. exercising for people. Like just even outside of are they overtraining? Like just a lot of people get very stressed out going into mm-hmm. it, you know? And imagine if all of that was just removed and it was actually adding to your life. Yes. Like that's that's the point, you know? Like Exactly. So so much good stuff. So if people want to check out everything with all the courses, reverse dieting one oh one, where do they go to find all of that? Holisticfitnesslabs.com mm-hmm. is the home of Reverse Dieting 101, soon to be home of a super secret, unannounced fat loss course that now is no longer super secret and has been announced. It's announced. Um, <laughs> coming out in January. We love it. Um, so and that'll be like a holistic, healthy um, approach to fat loss so that if you want to lose fat, you don't tank your metabolism in the process. So that'll be coming out January. So yeah, that's holisticfitnesslabs.com. And then everything else for me is just misfit and nerdy everywhere. Love it. Amazing. At Miss Fit and Nerdy everywhere. And make sure that you guys tag us if you're listening, you enjoy this yes, on Instagram. Please. Take a screenshot. Tag me, tag at Christina the Channel Podcast, and tag Marissa at Miss Fit and Nerdy. And make sure you head to her YouTube and binge watch everything. Your YouTube videos just make me happy. Oh, I just I like rewatch you. them just because <laughs> they're just fun. I don't oh, know. It's yeah, just good yeah. it's good energy. That's like my guilt. YouTube is like I, I'm just obsessed with YouTube. Like, yeah. I think it's so fun. And I watch all these videos and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm watching these. I just <laughs> like they they make me happy. So yes. definitely watch all of Marissa's videos. And yeah, thank you for coming thank so you. much. And thank this you everybody great. for listening in. Sending you so much love and I will talk to you in a future episode. 